5: Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to next question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential.
4: Alright guys, welcome to Always Hungry from iHeartRadio My name is Bobby Flay and I'm here with my daughter and co-host
7: I'm Sophie Flay
0: And
4: on Always Hungry, Sophie and I gather around my stove to cook together
7: While you cook, I ask the questions and eat the food
4: If there's any food left, we come to the table together to share a meal, connect as a family, and tell the stories that matter to us
7: All right, Dad, you know what today's theme is?
4: I think it's all about shellfish, right?
7: Our real passionate love for
4: shellfish. If it's seafood with a shell, we're eating it.
7: Bring in the seafood tower.
4: One, two, one, two. Yep. This is the shellfish episode. (laughs) And just in case you um, think that you heard a cat meowing rapidly in the background, you are right. (laughs) (laughs) that's my cat Nacho Nacho Flay he has his own very Nacho has his very own media world you can check him out at um, at at Nacho Flay on Instagram and you can learn about his entrepreneurial ways (laughs) okay so um, I'm going to show you how to make like a very classic shrimp cocktail great have you ever made shrimp cocktail before I don't think so so the thing about shrimp cocktail that I love is that it's so classic and a lot of times, I'll find myself eating some sort of shrimp cocktail, either like in like in a steakhouse. They always have shrimp right. cocktails as an appetizer. Yeah, very so classic. So that's always something that, that I always order. But also, like you'll see, like you know, um, like boiled shrimp or a shrimp cocktail kind of thing, like in like in brasseries in France, right? Or the United States, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, and like if you if you see them like on like these big platters of shellfish. You know, they'll be be served with cocktail sauce, they'll be served with like a mustard mayonnaise kind of thing, some mignonette, whatever. But basically, I'm gonna show you how to make a shrimp cocktail that's like really, really classic. So in in some, this is a very sort of American-style dish. So the first thing you have to do is make a court bouillon. Have you ever heard that phrase before? No. So a court bouillon is like the liquid that you cook the shrimp in. Because I always find, like, more often than not, that if you go to if you go to a restaurant and you order a shrimp cocktail, the, the, the shrimp is actually bland. It doesn't Interesting. Have, it doesn't have any flavor. Got it. It's just kind of like there's no seasoning to it. So basically, a corpulon is usually like some white wine, some water, some lemon juice, some garlic, maybe like some celery um, and onions. And then, like some fresh thyme. I don't have thyme, but I have some rosemary in my garden, so I'm going to use that. So basically, what so what you do is you take you take the water and the wine, and you put it into the into the liquid, and the and the and the um, and the onions and the garlic, all the aromatics. And see what's going to happen is this is basically just going to flavor the um, the water that you're going to steam the shrimp in. All right, Sophie. So not many podcasts have a single subject of shellfish.
7: <laughs> no, because no one else is as crazy as us.
4: No, I know. But I mean, it's really, it's one of the things that really kind of like uh, binds us together as it's, as-
7: it's foundational for our relationship. Father and daughter, exactly right.
4: <laughs> but it started, it started out very early. I mean, you were, I've always loved, you know, sh- uh, f- shellfish in general, you know, lobster scallops, crabs, oysters, clams, etc. And you kind of followed suit Early on, I mean, you know, I don't know how much of this you remember, but you used to, like, walk up to lobster tanks and literally look at the lobsters like you wanted them, like, steamed with some drawn butter. <laughs> Not just, like, because you thought they were cool, like, swimming around in their tanks. <laughs> like, you were hungry, and that hasn't changed.
7: No, I still feel that way today.
4: You know, the other thing that you really loved to eat when you were a kid were things like mussels and clams, which is kind of, like, some, some people think that that's weird for, like, a young kid. I mean, when I say young, I mean, you were two. And you were eating like mussels and clams, like steamed in, <laughs> steamed in broth. And I just think that like you were attracted to like those sort of salty, briny, natural flavors of shellfish. I mean, to me, I, I think that's really what it is.
7: Those are my favorite flavors for sure. But also, I mean, it might be weird because not a lot of people have that type of exposure at that age. I mean, I just, because of you, I, <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> I, had, exp- I had the right exposure. And there were definitely things that you didn't like when you were growing up that you like now you know, a handful of things that I can just think of off the top of my head, mm-hmm. things like tomatoes, raspberries. I mean, I, you know, and, you know, and, and times change. But the one thing about you is that shellfish has been part of your, like, love the entire time. Always. Yeah, and we took our first trip together overseas. We went to Paris. Do you remember that? Of course. How old were you? Were you 12? I think I was 12, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Check my Instagram for Sophie's birthday this year. I
7: actually don't.
4: Yes, because <laughs> I posted a picture of you in Paris that day. You had like your... In ber- a beret. You had your beret on. Like, I had awful bangs. You, had, you, you looked amazing. You had, you, you, had, you had your beret on, this like great sort of rain trench coat on. <laughs> You were standing in front of the Eiffel Tower. You're like you were literally like the little American girl in Paris. All
7: I, all I needed was a baguette.
4: Yes, if you had a baguette, <laughs> that would have been it, and like a little container of butter. You know I mean? <laughs> a would little have, container of butter. It would, would have been like French butter. It would have been totally perfect. <laughs> but I remember like your mom was making fun of us because she's like, I don't understand. You took this kid to Paris. And basically, all you guys did was eat fish, like eat shellfish, (laughs) and I'm like, yeah, because that we're in Paris. So like, you go to like these brasseries and these bistros.
7: So fun! That was really like the first time I remember being in like a French brasserie. Like, yeah. Well, obviously that makes sense because I was young and we were in Paris. But still, like, you know, it's it's so different than what you get here
4: in the U.S. It is. It is different. Although, you know, obviously you know, many restaurateurs, you know, myself included are inspired by those kinds of travels, et cetera. And the the classic things that, you know, you know, for 15 years in New York city, I had a restaurant called Bar American, which was really an American style. Let's just say an American style French brasserie. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it was completely inspired by my trips and travels, to places like, you know, Paris where, you know, it was it was that was the way I wanted to eat then. I still like to eat eat that way now, but it was like, you know, lots of like it was steak frites, so sort of mm. like steak and french fries, you know, yeah. I mean, they didn't name the French they didn't name the fry after after France for no reason. Right. I mean, they, you know, the french parisian style way to cook french fries is still the best way. It's a double it's a double cooking method. That, that's another show. Because <laughs> uh, today we're talking about shellfish, and I can talk about french fries for hours on end. But
8: <laughs> I used to have so
9: many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications.
0: She had a Harvard plaque
8: Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe,
1: and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels.
3: a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter.
4: Um, okay.
7: What did you just put in here?
4: Okay, so we have rosemary, um, and you can use you ba- classically use thyme, some bay leaf, onions, garlic, lemon, a little bit of celery, um, garlic, and then a little bit of wine. And you let this cook for a little while. Now, in like Louisiana, they'll do a corbeyon, but it might have like like a spice rub, or a, like or like in like in when they steam crabs in Maryland, same principle, but they'll put Old Bay seasoning in it. Oh, I love Old Bay. Yeah, so you can ha- so you can make like an Old Bay shrimp cocktail. Yum. You- here, I actually have some. That Old sounds Bay. really good. I actually have some Old Bay here. I'm just gonna sprinkle some in. So Old Bay is that that Maryland-born um, spice mixture that has like paprika and garlic and onions and bay leaf and celery seed, a bunch of other stuff. Um, And so then what happens is you make this broth and then you let all the aromatics flavor the the wine and the water and then you cook the shrimp in it. So the shrimp actually has has flavor flavor by itself. Yum, okay. See, that's the key, all right? And then what I do is I strain it out Strain this out.
7: How long did you cook that for?
4: I mean, you should cook it for like at least 20 minutes or a half an hour. That's really the key. So strain out all the aromatics. So basically what you do is you just have like this flavored broth. And then you, the sh- you take the shrimp, the shrimp that's cleaned. So I, I, I peeled and deveined these and I always keep the, uh, the shells and I make a shrimp stock out of it. I, I guess I should have kept the tail on these. I didn't this time. It doesn't really matter. And then we're gonna put the shrimp right into the into the broth, and we're just gonna poach the shrimp in the broth. Oh, smart! You see, so now what you're getting is instead of just boiling it in, in like plain water, you're getting it. You're getting all this, this these aromatics and the flavor of the broth.
7: Have you ever had shrimp cocktail on your menu? Yeah, at Bar American?
4: Yep, it's like. I feel like not, I kind of remember that. I have it on the menu at uh, Bar American, I have it on the menu at Bobby Flay Steak, but they're like they're they're not classic shrimp cocktails there is a shrimp cocktail with like like a twist So like a bar american it was like um it was a tomatillo cocktail sauce so it was a green sauce
7: oh yeah i do remember that yeah so good
4: but then also the um at bobby flay steak it's a shrimp cocktail and has a smoked chili cocktail sauce so it's got chipotle's in it you know uh, we had these things called plateau de mer, which is based, that's, that's, that's all my French right there. <laughs> but basi- basically means it means platter of, of you know, fish and shellfish or, you know, or fruits of the sea as they, you know, in translation. And so like, you know, you'd have like uh, poached shrimp, you'd have, you know, crab salad, you'd have steamed lobsters. At Bar American, you know, we certainly were inspired by that. and We had like different, you know, Levels of plateaus of the shellfish, and it was like tiers of shellfish. So you had the crushed ice in, in in the bins, and then you'd have like some scallops, or you'd have shrimp and crab, and then you'd make different kinds of shellfish cocktails. Which was pro- the shellfish cocktails at Bar American were probably the the most ordered dish.
7: They were so good. There well, were three on the top.
4: There were three of them, and so you could order one individually in sort of a larger size, or you could add, or you could order a tasting of three, which was probably the most. Phot- dish of the restaurant Mm -hmm. over the 15 years. So there was one that was lobster and avocado cocktail, and it was more like a salad because it was steamed lobster, obviously out of the shell, meat out of the shell. And it had, it was, you know, there was avocado folded into it, some watercress, some fresh tarragon, and then like horseradish and Worcestershire sauce and olive oil. It was delicious. Then there was a crab and coconut cocktail. Do you remember that one? I loved that one so that was blue crab uh, from Maryland you know steamed in and out of the shell as well it had you know very finely diced ripe mangoes in there uh, and like a coconut vinaigrette with cilantro in it and so it was kind of like uh, you know it almost had like a little bit of a tropical thing happening I just I didn't want to just serve like you know just crab meat with cocktail sauce like I mean you can get that in steakhouses and, and whatnot which is totally fine I'm, I'm down for that too But you know, I always feel like when I open a restaurant, like I have to do something that has a little bit of a twist to it. It just can't be like just, you know, clearly just copied out of a textbook. (laughs) Right. And then the third one was, oh, the shrimp cocktail. But it wasn't a red cocktail sauce, it was a green cocktail sauce. Made with tomatillos and horseradish and honey. That one was so good, too. And, ha- oh. and chilies. It's delicious. The, the, the tomatillo cocktail sauce, I haven't made that in a while. I'm going to have to do that. So that's those, so signature to you. That's definitely a signature for me because the tomatillos is something that I have been utilizing since my early days at Mesa Grill, you know, forever ago. Because tomatillos are such an por- important part of southwestern cuisine. So I, I use tomatillos, you know, all the time. And to be able to kind of like bring in a couple of those ingredients into into a you know sort of an American slash French brasserie is fun to do you know not 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 constantly but like just you know a couple of uh, a couple of hits here and there, yeah. So that you know and then you know the and then uh, like on the plateaus we'd serve like and then we'd have oysters too like oysters and clams and we'd have West Coast oysters and East Coast oysters. I think we've gone over this. Do you know the do you know the oyster rule? Something with the months. You don't remember this. I
7: don't remember it. Now, right. please, re- please refresh my memory. It's a good, it's a good, um, it's a good lesson if you remember it. <laughs> well, this, this
4: this really is only for East Coast oysters. Okay, it's it's a it's an and it's a really good rule of thumb. I mean, the problem with the East Coast there's no problem with the East Coast oysters. They're, they're, to me, they're the best oysters in, in the country, but maybe in the world. And. I like them because they have a great briny flavor to them. Mm-hmm. So like Blue Point oysters, which you know originated on, you know, in Blue Point Long Island. To me, that, that's what an oyster tastes like. It's probably right. because that's what I grew up eating. It's mm-hmm. like anything else, you know. But so basically you should be eating East Coast oysters when the month has the letter R in it. <laughs> it works. So let's go through it. January. Yes. February? February? Yes. Okay.
7: March? Yes.
4: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> wow. The hesitation in there is scary. I'm going to freak out. April? Yes. May? Nope. Okay. So basically, so May, June, July, August. Okay? May, June, July, August. What do those months have in common on the East Coast? Besides the fact that they don't have a letter R in them. It's hotter.
7: Oh, okay. Yes.
4: So that means that the, the water is warmer. So when the weather when the weather is warmer, the the oysters begin to molt. You know they go through this process and they begin, they get a little muddy in texture and not as crisp and clean. So mm-hmm. when the water is cold, the oysters have that sort of great briny flavor and they're crisper and they have like a they have they have more of a like a of a of a chewy texture to them in a good way. You know. Yep. And so basically, long story short, letter R East Coast oysters in the middle like in the spring and the summer if i want oysters i order west coast oysters kumamoto Good to know. kumamotos delicious those are the tiny little ones so that's my oyster move for the day
1: oh hi i'm rachel zoe and i'm back for another season of my podcast climbing in heels
0: It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish.
3: Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver.
4: Let me show you how to make a, a, a quick cocktail sauce. Yeah. So basically it's ketchup, some horseradish, which I love. I love the spiciness of that. Me too. Now, not, not, not everybody puts hot sauce in it, but I, I'm gonna put a little, Ooh. just like a little cayenne Louisiana hot sauce in there. Yum. And then definitely some lemon. Lemon juice.
7: I didn't know this is how you made cocktail sauce. It's so yeah. easy.
4: It's so easy. And then some salt and pepper. If you wanna put like a little Worcestershire sauce, you can do it. Like people have like different renditions of it. Yep. Mm, it's good.
7: What does it taste like? It
4: tastes like cocktail sauce. It's like tomatoey, has a little sweetness from the ketchup itself. The horseradish has, you know, definitely has its own sort of heat to it. To me, horseradish and shellfish go hand in hand, you know, no matter what you're serving. A little bit of heat from that um, Frank's Red Hot, and then, you know, you, you brighten it up with a lemon. What about restaurants? Any restaurants in LA like that you like to go eat shellfish in? Like in on the East to me it's a very East Coast thing. It's so East Coast. You know? Like you go to, you know, anywhere in New England or New York State and you'll find like, you know, places that have like lobster rolls and steam clams and mussels and steamers and mm. Does that happen out uh, in LA?
7: Yeah, I mean it does. Like you can go to like Connie and Ted's.
4: That's true which is basically an East Coast <laughs> right. version of, of that kind of food.
7: But when I think of oysters, I mean, I think about wanting to go to the oyster bar in Grand Central Station.
4: Yeah. I mean, I eat in this place in the Hamptons called Bostwick's, which obviously you know. <laughs> you know, lobster rolls, steam clams, steamers, which are soft-shell clams.
7: I love steamers so much. I know this Those are good. hard to find out here, actually. Yeah, you can't. It's hard. Yeah. But I, I mean, like, a lot of, like, a lot of early um, shellfish... Memories for me also start at Mary's Fish Camp.
4: Oh, my God. So Mary's Fish Camp, for those of people that have not been lucky enough to go there, I hate to call it a shack because it's a restaurant, but that's how they, I guess, people describe it. It's like a lobster lobster roll shack or a lobster shack, so <laughs> yeah. to speak. Um, just because it's a shack doesn't mean it's that expensive, by the way, because <laughs> these, kind of, these ingredients cost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So one thing that people like... Don't understand. It's like they see a lobster roll and it's thirty eight dollars, and they're like, "This is insane." I'm right. Like, well, you're eating an entire lobster. They're probably losing money at thirty eight dollars. You know. I'm just, you know, I'm I'm backing up the restaurant tours of the world yeah. because, you know, it, the, 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 the these commodities cost a ton of money. You know, lobster is like you know top of the food chain when it comes to expense, and just because it's sitting in a toasted hot dog bun doesn't mean it's cheap. What about mussels? I mean, mussels is like okay, so. The broth that mussels make are one of, is one of the great things I've ever made. Totally. Because I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you an Iron Chef secret. Whenever I had to cook something on Iron Chef that needed like any kind of shellfish, I would always get mussels and cook the mussels, and sometimes I wouldn't even use the mussels, just the broth, to, to fortify whatever I was making because the broth from mussels is intoxicating. So like, even more so than the clam broth that we were talking about before, I think mussels are even better. Mm. There's a place on the Amalfi Coast. So now I have this restaurant called Amalfi in, in Las Vegas. And, you know, clearly inspired by my, all my travels to the Amalfi Coast because, well, it's delicious there. <laughs> and, you know, there's, there's like a handful of dishes. There's not a hundred dishes that you think about there. Right. There's, there's all kinds of different fish and shellfish, of course. But, like, there's a handful of dishes that are that are truly Amalfi Coast. There's a place called Da Adolfo that, actually, in your bedroom in my house here, there's a picture of the place.
7: Oh, okay, sure, yeah. Okay,
4: that's Da Adolfo. So, Da Adolfo is, speaking of shacks, it's basically this shack on in, near Positano, nearby. And anybody that's been to Amalfi Coast more than once knows this place because everybody tells you to go there. So, basically, you pull the boat up and you ask whoever you have the boat to take you to Adolfo. and then you get like nearby and then the guy calls the guy that owns it and says, you know, I have five people, you know, what time can we come for lunch, whatever. And the place is packed, but it's in sand. Everybody's in their bare feet and T-shirts and bathing suits. And, you know, you've been swimming in the tyranny sea and then you want to eat lunch. And so this place has like a handful of dishes. I'll just go through them really quickly. You know, one of them is fresh mozzarella that's cooked in lemon leaves. One of them is like this pasta with this green pepper pesto that they have. It's called um peppers. We can't get them here. Like the closest thing is a shishito pepper. Mm. So I, I actually make a shishito pepper pesto for some things based on that experience.
7: For fish, yeah.
4: Exactly. And then they have mussels, <laughs> which is why you go there, okay? Right. Mussels is the real reason you go to Dal Dalfo, and it's very simple. It's, the, it's white wine, the mussels make the broth with the white wine as it's steaming. There's tomato in it, there's some garlic in it. I don't know if there's herbs, I can't remember. <laughs> it doesn't matter. They are And you're sitting like on the sea, eating these things. You can't stop eating them. Mm. They're just incredible. And what I do is I just kinda, I have them, they're on like a little bowl here. So I just, I just attach the shrimp to the side of the bowl.
7: You're so fancy. <laughs> you like this? Yeah, it looks good.
4: And then what I always do is... <laughs> I'm, so, I'm cooking for you, Sophie, you gotta know, be fancy. I know, it's
7: so nice.
4: And then, um, I usually take a little bit of extra horseradish and just put it right in the middle oh. of the cocktail sauce. Yep. That's just a garnish, you don't have to do that. But basically, that's that, great. That's really it. See, And you can see these. Here, smell this broth.
7: Mm. Oh, it smells so good. It smells like rosemary. Like- It smells like rosemary, but it really does smell like Old Bay. Yeah. And I'm getting the onion, too.
4: That was the Old Bay version. I was going to take these out. And then basically what you do is, like, you just poach them until they're opaque, just cook through, and then you put them in the refrigerator because you don't want to serve hot shrimp cocktail. Oh, right. I mean, who wants that? Actually, what I do in my restaurants, which is something that I have not seen anybody else do, is I take the shrimp that are poached and cold, and I... Um, I season them with a little olive oil and salt and pepper on the outside.
7: Oh, sounds good.
4: It's a little bit messier than like regular shrimp cocktail because the shrimp cocktail like this is just... It's dry. It's not that it's dry, it's just it doesn't have any like oil on the outside of it. Mm. But I like the idea of seasoning it with salt and pepper just because I season everything with salt and pepper. Why wouldn't I (laughs) see my shrimp? But you just never see it. Interesting. All right, so I'm going to put this in the middle of our table.
7: Yum. Let's eat them. Always Hungry is created by Bobby Flay and Sophie
4: Flay. Our executive producer is Christopher Haciotis.
7: Always Hungry is produced, edited, and mixed by Jonathan Haas-Dressler.
4: Always Hungry is engineered by Sophie Flay. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
1: Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay,
2: and me, Simone Boyce.
5: Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast.